we'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for December 27th, 2009. And today we're going to do a current event, end time current event update, and uh, probably be, unless cataclysmic things happen on a weekly basis, I'll probably try to alternate current event studies with other studies that I've been getting tons of requests for, and that way we're covering a little bit um, every every week. We might be covering a different thing, but I think that's just a better way to handle things from here on out. That way I'm just not totally into all the current events on a weekly basis, um, but again, with the things that are happening and things that are breaking, I can't guarantee that either. Um, this next year is, is going to be... Uh, most likely pretty horrific and there's going to be a lot of things obviously that are on the horizon that we need to talk about regarding just from a warning type of standpoint so the first I'm just going to give you the table of contents for today uh, first story Obama signs executive order which grants Interpol or the International Police Agency complete immunity from America's Constitution and her laws Next report, the U.S. Senate passed a radical health care reform bill. We'll be talking about that. Uh, global warming scam exposed on national TV program. Next report, Big Brother. Uh, the Christmas Census promotional called Blasphemous. And then Chilling New Muslim how-to video on how to slit throats. We're going to be talking about that. World government was formed at Copenhagen Climate Control Global Warming Summit, despite all the public rhetoric that the summit was a failure. And then President Obama showed the American people exactly what his core values are and the way he decorated the White House uh, Xmas tree. And then the 2010 food crisis, uh, we're going to be talking about that. Christian leaders strongly warned to prepare for an onslaught of government persecution using hate crimes legislation. Then we'll be talking about Tamiflu is now uh, shown to be useless and fraudulent. Next one is, is Obama preparing, preparing for civil war? Do you trust these sources? And we're going to be then touching on Sorsha Fowl. We're going to be exposing her. I know there's a lot of conjecture if it's actually a female, but we're going to be talking about that. And then Blasphemy Alert. This is scientists find extraterrestrial genes in human DNA. And then new vaccines from dog cells, E. coli, and gen genetically engineered cell viruses. We're going to be going over listener information and comments, uh, an important water purification product that I found, and um, these RFID blocking wallets. So we're going to be doing like a little bit of everything today here. Uh, first article, President Obama took a dramatic action this week to destroy American sovereignty. Okay, so then it goes on to say he signed an executive order which grants Interpol, which is the International Police Agency, complete immunity from America's Constitution and her laws. First article is from the New Media Journal. Um, and it's Obama extends diplomatic immunity to Interpol. By executive order. President Obama has issued an amendment to Executive Order 12425 designating the International Law Enforcement Agency, Interpol, as a public international organization, thus extending diplomatic immunity to the law enforcement group. This amendment to the executive order does not need to be put 
to a senatorial test of advise and consent. Therefore, if agents of Interpol smash in your front door, arrest you and your family without charges, they will not be held responsible for violating your constitutional rights. What President Obama has just done, accomplished, is a direct overthrow of the American Constitution without any public debate whatsoever. And then the next article would say, why, you know, why would he do such a thing? Well, he's evil. Um, but it's, this is from National Review Online. Why does Interpol need immunity from American law? And we're quoting from it. It says, you can't just make up how brazen this crowd is. O President Obama quietly signed an executive order that makes an inter international police force immune from the restraints of American law. Now, I, just so you know, I emailed this to my sheriff, um, who I had mentioned in previous. I actually met with him for about an hour and a half regarding the avian flu, or the swine flu. He was very receptive to this, and uh, great guy. And I emailed him this the other day, this all of us that were going over, just to give him a heads up. And he emailed me back, and uh, something to the effect like, you know, this is beyond scary. This is what my sheriff said. So it wasn't like he came back to me and said, no, this is bogus or whatever. I mean, it's, it's an executive order they amended. I mean, it's not like you can really hide this type of stuff. So it's, um, uh, the sheriffs are really, from a law standpoint, the last line of defense regarding the federal government coming in, and um, it's, it, it's good if you can educate your sheriff about these types of issues. Now, there's many sheriffs that are already on board, and they're going to do whatever they can do to, um, regarding taking federal funding and these types of things. The more federal funding they take, the more yoked up they become. Uh, and the more less likely they're going to give the New World Order boys and the federal, the feds, any resistance when things start to get really bad. So educating your sheriff, if he's edu if he's open to this or educatable, would be something that um, you might want to consider. And there's a lot of sheriffs around the country that are very vocal about this. Um, but anyway, let's go further. Let's see here. On Wednesday, however, for no apparent reason, President Obama issued an executive order removing the Reagan limitations. Evidently, Ronald Reagan had put limitations on this. That is, Interpol's property and assets are no longer subject to search and confiscation, and its archives are now considered inviolable. The International Police Force, whose U.S. headquarters is in the Department of Justice in Washington, D.C., will be unrestrained by the U.S. Constitution and the American law while it operates in the United States and affects both Americans and American interests outside the United States. It kind of sounds like what they can do is just appoint them as their little goon squad and they can go around and do whatever they want to do and then that way the federal American government can kind of say, well, you know, our hands are clean. You know, they're, yeah, they, they, but they're immune from this. This is kind of what it looks like to me. Interpol worked closely with the International Criminal Court, whose jurisdiction the United States government has always resisted because to submit to the ICC, which is International Criminal Court, meant the permanent end of American national sovereignty. Furthermore, the American public has always instinctively understood that our liberties and rights would soon come to an end were we sub 
to submit to the ICC. Once America comes under the power of the ICC, all our laws, which run counter to the International Criminal Court, would be rendered invalid and replaced by international law. This sweeping act of invalidation would wipe out laws at federal, state, and local levels. America's vaunted states, states' rights would also disappear. For example, in states where abortion laws are tough, the ICC liberal rules would replace the American law. So you can see how this could be used here for something incredibly evil. And then it says, without any vote by the American representatives, people or the representatives, abortion on demand would become the law of the land because of these, the International Criminal Court's liberal rules. What President Obama has just done is to submit American legal and law enforcement authority to the international community. And he did so quietly and without fanfare. The vast majority of Americans have no idea what's just been done to them. Enforcement of this provision will likely be delayed until the onset of World War III. Now, this is Cutting Edge's take on this. Um, the onset of World War III, when planned terrorist attacks against cities and countries still electing their leaders, will provide the excuse to overthrow the American constitutional government. At that moment, Interpol authorities will have the legal right to smash down your door. And so... Again, these are things to pray about, not to, not to sit and wring your hands about and fret about and say, oh, God's not on the throne still. Okay, the Lord Jesus Christ on the throne. He knows what's going on. This is just part of the judgment that is um, creeping on America and the rest of the world, too. And we're in absolute, we're totally deserving of judgment in this country. you got, you know, 50 million aborted babies since Roe versus Wade and the the gays and the sodomites, you know, taken over pretty much on, on a lot of different fronts. You've got wicked uh, individuals in elected positions. The Bible says that the wicked walk on every side when the vilest men are exalted. Psalm 12, I believe, verse 8. So the wicked, the Bible says the wicked are going to walk on every side when the vilest men are exalted. Well, you have all these people in you know, Hollywood, and they're vile, and they're being exalted. I mean, that's all you ever see if you, if, if you go into even a grocery store. All the tabloids and all these, these um, worthless trash magazines, we've got the vilest people on the planet being exalted. All these different... You know, uh, I'm not saying they're all bad, but a lot of the sports stars that are out there, you know, they got tattoos all over them. They're they're just they're vile. They're they're all about the money. They're, you know, I'm just going over a little bit. You've got people in elected positions that are absolutely um, pure evil, like our our uh, wonderful president we've got right now, and they're being exalted. Well, the wicked are going to walk on every side, so that's what we should expect to see. The Bible says, evil men and seducers shall wax, that word means to grow, shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. So the people, the wicked men and seducers are growing, almost at an exponential rate at this point, and they themselves are deceived, and, they, and the Bible says they're going to um, deceive others. That's one of the earmarks of the end times. False Christ, uh, lying signs and wonders, you We've only seen really the beginning of it at this point. So, um, this is something we should expect and, and be in prayer about. The next article, uh, U.S. Senate passes radical health care reform bill. 
and the title is Once This Program Is In Place, America's Healthcare Will Be Like Fascist, Just Like Her Economy. This is from CNN News. It's entitled Senate Approves Healthcare Reform Bill. Okay, the Senate passed an $871 billion health care reform bill Thursday morning, handing President Obama a Christmas Eve victory on top of his domestic priority. The bill passed in a 60-39 to party-line vote after months of heated partisan debate. Every member of the Democratic caucus backed every measure. Every Republican opposed it. Now, granted, this isn't about so much about Democrats and Republicans um, as the Illuminati has openly voiced through the Hegelian dialectic. Um, they bring about controlled change through controlled crises. And they have one side pitted against the other. And you're looking at this side, and, and granted, obviously, as Christians, we would have been more on the Republican side of it. But uh, the fact remains is that this is orchestrated. Okay, these people are being controlled. They could have not got in those positions unless they were greatly compromised at almost every level. And um, they're playing along really for regarding the script that has been set forth. Uh, let's go further. Now, now you know the importance of the Democrats getting a 60-vote majority in the Senate. They can ram bill down our bills down our throat, even if they, even if every single Republican senator opposed the measure. And that is exactly what's happened here. The health reform law will become known as the Democrats' Democrats' brainchild. And when it bogs down and proves defective, the Democrats will get the blame. However, by that time, and again, this is cutting edge, uh, by that time the Antichrist will most likely be on the world scene, and a death-dealing national health bill will be the last worry on people's minds. This is a quote by... I believe Senator, I'm not sure who made this quote, but it's a quote. It says, should it become law, the measure would constitute the biggest expansion of federal health care guarantees since the enactment of Medicare and Medicaid more than four decades ago. It, all, it is expected to extend insurance coverage to 30 million additional Americans. If passed, this will be the most important piece of socialized legislation since the Social, Social Security Act of the 1930s. Uh, Senate Majority Leader Reid said, the health care debate is about, is about life and death in America. This goes on to say he's more than right. People will realize as this new health care plan will set the death-dealing restriction of the medical care program, which will bring population reduction to the American people. The, quote, death panels will grow out of this health care legislation just like they had in Nazi Germany. Since the current New World Order's drive is, is a global return to Nazism, we should not be surprised that our current healthcare system would be changed to a Nazi-type system where health professionals routinely deny urgent healthcare to people deemed too old, too sick, or too politically incorrect. A statement in this very liberal news story is hinted at this kind of restriction of healthcare. Um, the Illuminati plan to reduce the population of the world by 66% quickly once their Antichrist arises will be greatly aided by Obama's new health care program. Well, that 66%, it just depends. I mean, if you go by the Georgia Guidestones, it says reduce world population to 500 million. Georgia Guidestones are like the Ten Commandments for the uh, 
New World Order, and uh, 500 million would be, you know, closer to a 95% reduction. So, you know, it, it depends what the Lord's going to let him get away with, is really the reality of it. I mean, he's the one that's in control. Uh, the world, in and of itself, because of its behavior, because of its rejection of Jesus Christ, is really asking for judgment. So, the Lord's going to let him have it their way for a time, but judgment has to come when you have a system like this. Uh, the next article, I'm not going to, I'm just going to touch on it, just the global warming scam exposed on national TV. Uh, this was the next True TV show, and it had um, Jesse Ventura, former Minnesota governor, he did a whole thing exposing global warming. Now, uh, they're not able to cover every single facet of the global warming scam, but he hit a lot of the high points. I watched it, and it was, I, overall, I would have to say I'm very impressed with these shows. Uh, it's surprising that the New World Order, the Illuminati, would let this come out. And I think it's to the point where, because most of them are high-practicing high Kabbalists, they believe that they have to warn the people or their victims prior to their demise. And then that way they take greater pleasure when they're powerless to stop anything. I, I, I don't know if that's the reason they're letting this air, but these programs really, uh, I tell you, he's done some really good programs. He did one on Harp, one on the um, this global warming scam exposed. He did one on uh, privacy. This week they interviewed Catherine Albrecht uh, regarding Big Brother intruding into the, you know, good stuff, really good stuff. I just wish people would would just not watch it and do and act and do nothing, which is pretty much what happens uh, in today's day and age. Not to say my listeners, but people at large. So the next article, Big Brother Christmas Census Promotional is called Blasphemous. This is from USA Today, a push to spread the gospel. This is their, they call it the gospel, about the 2010 census. This Xmas is stoking controversy with a campaign that links the government count to events surrounding the birth of Jesus. Now remember, we've talked a lot about the census, how they're going around and they're actually, these census workers are going around and literally taking GPSs to your front door and marking exactly your spot and your coordinates where certain people live. And I've heard also from Steve Quayle, he said that um, up in Wyoming that he watched the census worker literally walk up, mark his house, and then there was two other houses he went to. And those just so happened to be the people that have guns, and they knew about that they had guns. He didn't mark any of the other houses. So, you know, they told Steve Quayle, supposedly, that he's going to get a Hellfire missile through his front door when things get bad, when the red list and all these things get get go down, that certain people are actually marked for termination. And, and lot, well, I'll be honest with you, if you had a Hellfire missile come through your door, I mean, if the Lord permitted it, you know, it wouldn't be a bad way to go if you think about it. It would be over pretty quick. <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying that God can't protect you. I'm just saying that, you know, uh, comparatively, uh, if you compare that to, let's say, you know, years and years of torture, wouldn't be a bad way to go. But they, uh, he said, yeah, but there was there was two other people on his street, and he said he marked them with GPS, and he watched the guy do it. So they're marking, I think they're selectively marking certain houses. 
So if things start to get bad, you need to have some type of, I guess they call it a bug out. Uh, ideally, I'm not saying the Lord can't protect you. Uh, we talked last week about Greg Everson. And he's got that whole uh, eight-hour DVD thing uh, on, it's on I, I think it's called like Protecting Your Castle, something like that. You can order that off his site. Just do a keyword search for Greg Everson, former uh, state trooper. And um, I actually got the DVDs, but I haven't had a chance to watch them yet. But those are some things that you can do because there's really going to be some seriously tough times ahead here. And it's just a matter of time before this stuff starts to go down. The 501c3 National Association of Latino Elected Officials is leading the distribution to churches and clergy of thousands of posters that depict the arrival of Joseph and a pregnant Mary in Bethlehem more than 2,000 years ago. This is the wicked 501c3 church movement, corporate, yoked up with the government, yoked up with Homeland Security, and I've got all the, 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 the proofs there. Okay, I've, got, I've got done several teachings on this, 501c3 thing. Just go to the um, my homepage at sermonaudio.com forward slash dr is in Dr. Scott Johnson. One word, just dr Scott Johnson. Or do a keyword search on Sermon Audio or do a keyword search on the internet. You'll find it. And just key in 501 in the search box on my homepage. Done several teachings on this. And the churches, these 501c3 churches, which is 99% of all churches in America, at least, are going to be called upon. Uh, and by 99%, I don't mean to say, okay, oh, there's a lot of home churches out there. Okay. Not including all that. I'm talking about mainstream type of churches we're dealing with. But when this stuff starts to go down, the government is, is like, there's that expression, Caesar's going to call in the chips. In fact, Dr. Dixon did a whole article on that, where they're going to be required to be uh, literally an arm of the, of the federal government, to placate the church masses, to be used as places of gathering points, of uh, places of forced inoculation, vaccination. Uh, it's going to get pretty draconian when that particular thing happens. The 501c3 National Association of Latino elected officials is leading the distribution of this of this census. Okay. And they're distributing thousands of posters that depict. So they're trying to do it in a biblical way. You need to be a good little sheeple people. And you need to go and you need to submit yourself to the census. You need to make sure that you're getting your vaccinations. You need to make sure you're taking your medications. You need to get as dumbed down as possible. And not resist the government in any way, shape, or form. Even if what they're doing is totally wicked and totally against the word of God. You just submit. That's what's going on, for the most part, in the churches. They're not doing anything. The vast majority are doing nothing. In fact, they're just part of the problem. It's all they are. I shouldn't have to come up here and do what I'm doing every week. The churches should be doing it. Okay, and I'm not saying that's because I think I'm better than everyone or I'm the only one doing it. But the reality is, is if they were doing their job, I wouldn't have to do this. I understand that I'm, I'm functioning more in the capacity of a watchman. But that's part of any 
preacher's ministry is to be a watchman, to oversee the flock. I mean, if you see a wolf coming and he's a wolf in sheep's clothing, which there's tons of them out there, and you do nothing to warn your flock, well, bless God, I'm just called to preach the gospel. I don't need to warn nobody. That, that would be judging. We can't do that. <laughs> so there's all kind of justifications for not getting doing any of the warning stuff. But there's more stuff right now. There's more information that people need to be warned about worldwide than any other time in the history of the planet ever. And yet they still, still not happening. The TV evangelism ministries, they doing it? No. No, they're pretty much silent. Why? Why? Well, fear of man, uh, fear of losing their 501c3 status, losing those government subsidies from that, fear of what would the congregation think? I'm going to lose all these congregations, therefore I'm not only going to lose prestige, I'm going to be labeled, but I'm going to lose all that tithe money that's coming in. Well, the love of money is the root of all evil. There's many motivations. I think a lot of it's fear, fear of man, fear of the government. The Bible says the fear of man bringeth a snare. But the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, understanding. Now, maybe that's why the preachers, for the most part, not all, but the preachers for the most part in the congregations are in the shape they're in. There's no fear of God. And, oh no, he's the big guy in the sky. He'd never do this. He'd never let this happen to the Church of America. We're so holy. We're so good. We're pretty much, for the most part, the Church of America is an absolute abomination in the sight of God. It's the Laodicean Church of Revelation 3. Blind, wretched, weak, naked, thinking yet thinking they're in need of nothing. They think, we're not, we don't need anything. We're good. We're rich. Look at us. I mean, God's blessed this ministry. Look, look, at how, look at how big our church buildings are and how huge our ministry is. doesn't mean God's blessed it. I mean, when Satan tempted Jesus, you know, he said, basically, I can give you, I'll give you the whole world if you just bow down and worship me. And most of the churches in the modern day age that we're, we're looking at here are agents of Satan. They're doing Satan's bidding. Most churches you can't get even get saved in. Okay? Because their doctrine's so messed up. Because they've strayed so far from the Bible. Because they're using a false version. Because they're yoked up with the government. Because there's so much leaven that is permeated and penetrated into their ministry. And a little leaven, leaven at the whole lump. And the classic example of leaven is bad doctrine as Jesus Christ talked about. It says, beware of the doctrine of the Pharisees and Sadducees, which is, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees, which is their doctrine. They've gone so far away from the Bible, you know, it's no wonder. So, the Bible predicted it was going to be this way. It shouldn't be taken us by surprise. Uh, but we've got now the church promoting the census and trying to use the whole example of Mary and Joseph's arrival in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago in order to justify this. And the census is the very way that they're making sure that they have everybody marked preposition-wise before this goes down. So they can enact the red and the blue lists. 
And the red list is, from what I've been told, are the ones that are scheduled for immediate termination, priority termination. Blue list would be secondary to that. Now, I'm not saying this so that you lose faith and all this other stuff. Something that you want to pray about. And I do believe the Bible always teaches that God always preserves a remnant. Always. So I do not believe every one of us are just appointed to this horrific death or whatever. I, I don't believe that at all. Uh, but if you've been warned, then you can prepare. The, prudent, the Bible says the prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. So these are things that we want to think about. Okay, Most people are going to be taken totally unawares of this situation when it starts to go down. They're not even going to know what hit them. And they're going to submit to whatever the government and their 501c3 corporate pastors telling them to do. I'm not saying all 501c3 corporate pastors are bad. Or, 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 but I'm just saying, they need, if they are in that system, they need to come out of it. The Bible says, Wherefore, come out from among them, be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. We're not supposed to be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. When you join a church with the federal government and the Internal Revenue Service, you are yoking that institution up with an ungodly, unbelieving system that despises Bible-believing Christianity. There's no biblical precedent for it either. So, they're doing this by, they're, they're, this excuse they're using, it's chronicled in the Gospel of Luke, this whole thing about, you know, Mary and Joseph going to Bethlehem. Joseph returned to be counted in a Roman census, but he and Mary found no room at the inn, and Jesus was born in a manger. The, the poster states, this poster that they're distrib distributing, says, this is how Jesus was born. Joseph and Mary participated in the census. Just like that thing we talked about uh, a couple weeks ago, how they've got these um, pastors up there in the pulpit telling everybody to get their H1N1 swine flu poison shot. It's kind of along the same lines. It kind of reminded me of that. So, most posters are in Spanish and target Latino evangelicals. Next article. Chilling new Muslim video, how-to video, and how to slit throats. New video released by Christian a Action Network shows Muslim women at a compound in New York State practicing throat-slitting techniques and assault weapon attacks. The video was distributed by makers of the movie Homegrown Jihad, the terrorist camps around the U.S., which documents how a jihadist group has developed dozens of training camps across the nation. World Daily Net reported at the time how Jamut, I can't even pronounce his name, anyway, ha has built 35 compounds, mostly in the northeastern corridor of the United States. Now the organization has posted to YouTube a chilling training video provided to CAN, I'm not sure what that stands for, CAN, by an unnamed law enforcement source about the Muslims in America headquarters at Hancock, New York. The video includes segments of training exercises in which one person appears to practice a maneuver that would slit the throat of the victim. There are now episodes of what appears to be automatic weapons firing at a target incidents in which the handgun is held at point-blank range to the victim's head. The video shows women marching in military formation, scaling walls, engaging in hand-to-hand hand -hand combat, 
and also reveals a Muslim confirming that the organization's own census revealed that Muslims are a majority in the United States, and they are claiming it as their own. The speaker, and I will add in the word deludedly, states, quote, we are 100% sure that Muslims are the majority in America. I mean, this guy, this guy's out of his mind. He's beyond deluded. The majority? He actually believes that there's more Muslims here? That they're the majority? Like, they, let's say they, they believe they occupy a 51%, for argument's sake. That would be a majority. The guy's, he's crazy. But they are crazy. They're demon-possessed, particularly at this level. And we've done several teachings on this subject. Uh, just key in Muslim or Islam, in the keyword search box on my homepage on Sermonotic, these people are very extremely deluded. Uh, and I do believe that this is going to be incorporated into some type of false flag terror event, just like they believe 9-11 on the guys with the box cutters, and they infiltrated all these planes, and flew the, I mean, that was another thing that uh, Jesse Ventura did. Um, if you want to know the truth about 9-11, just go up on YouTube and key in Loose Change 9-11. Loose Change. L-O-S-E. You know, it's, it's, it's irrefutable. There's so much, there, there's such a massive amount of evidence showing that our government had everything to do with that event. To me, it's not even debatable. I've, I, it, there's been so much evidence that have come out. Jesse Ventura just did... Uh, thing up there on True TV. You can go watch that on the on the um, YouTube as well. Or you can key in Loose Change. Uh, you can look at Alex Jones's stuff. on. I mean, it, it's one thing after another confirming that this was an inside job. But, the fact remains is that the Muslims are a very convenient scapegoat for any kind of or and will be used for any type of false flag, particularly let's say dirty dirty uh, nuclear bomb, suitcase nuke, that they may try to set off. And that would be the perfect pretext for martial law, World War III, the whole nine yards. And most likely, that is going to come into play very heavily regarding um, the end time scenario here, particularly in America. So that's one thing to, uh, to think about there. Next article, world government was formed at the Copenhagen Climate Control Global Warming Summit despite all the public rhetoric that the summit was a complete failure. Uh, this is from prisonplanet.com. Copenhagen burst world government framework despite fallout over science fraud. In his third exclusive expose of the ClimateGate fallout, Alex Jones breaks down the conclusion of the Copenhagen United Nations Conference on Climate Change. Now, remember, I'm not saying that I give a blanket endorsement to Alex Jones. Okay, I'm not saying that. Um, I'm not saying there's not a lot you can't glean from his site as well. Okay? problem you run into with Alex Jones is, is he's, right now, unfortunately, I couldn't believe he did this, but he had uh, David Icke. He's been interviewing David. Now, David, David Icke is one of the most radical... Um, as far as his New Age belief systems, they're unbelievable. I mean, he, he literally believes that our reality is not reality. We live in some type of holographic universe. And um, it's just unbelievable. And Alex Jones has been endorsing him and his philosophy. So Alex Jones can call himself a Christian all he wants. 
But when you interview, you know, all these wicked rock stars that he's got on there from Megadeth and, uh, the, and these other guys. I'm sorry, I, I don't believe the lead singer of Megadeth got saved. If he, if he really got saved, he quit. He quit the band. He'd get away from that ungodly garbage music that he's putting out. And he'd repent, okay? He's not doing that. No, it just keeps on going, man. We're getting the band back together, you know, the whole nine yards. Well, I have a big time problem believing that Alex Jones is truly a born-again Christian. I think he's got some great information. But I'm not going to just say, stay silent about that for the sake of being, you know, uh, politically correct or whatever. I'm not. I've, I've got to warn people about that aspect. Because if I give some blanket endorsement, you know, and people get led astray by whatever Alex Jones believes, Alex Jones does not tend to ever point to the Lord Jesus Christ as being the ultimate solution to what is coming. He points to a very man-centered, what can I do? And granted, I'm, I do believe that we need to make physical preparations as well as spiritual. But he doesn't tend to emphasize at all Jesus Christ being our shield and um, our protection in the day and times ahead. It doesn't happen. So, to me, there's a gigantic void in that um, that needs to be uh, addressed there. So, granted, I quote a lot of stuff. He does a great job of, of exposing a lot of the New World Order and these types of things. It's just that there's some provisos there that, um, that need to be addressed. Now, I understand there's a lot of people that say, oh, he's a Jesuit coadjutor. Um, that guy that wrote Vatican Assassins have said that. Maybe he is. I don't know. I'm not 100% sure can't be totally dogmatic about the whole thing. I will say, he did have a Catholic ad up on his website for months and months and months, and I complained and complained and complained, and they finally took it down. And it was basically absolutely 100%, and I still got the link, I still got the, the banner that was on his site for months and months, that the Catholic Church is the one true church, and there is no salvation outside it. And it was dogmatic. And I could not understand why... He would go from having, you know, links about ec the Eclo Blue water filters and this and that to all of a sudden having this really super religious link up on his site for literally months. Didn't make a lot of sense to me. So, I've just got to give that proviso regarding Alex Jones. Um, but at the same time, I'm very thankful for the information he's able to, to, um, to bring forth. So, just bear that in mind, kind of. Take that with a grain of salt. So, if we go further, Alex Jones breaks down the conclusion of the Copenhagen United Nations Conference on Climate Change, including the foundations of the new era of global governance. As evidenced by quotes directly from the mouths of Al Gore, UN head Ban Ki-moon, and bankster David D. Rothschild. The foundation of the world government was laid at Copenhagen, despite all the mass media misleading rhetoric to the contrary. The Illuminati got what they wanted for the 13-day summit attended by over 110 delegates from around the world. Some concrete world government steps were achieved. For example, a global tax machinery was set up. The final Copenhagen draft agreement, which was hammered out in the early hours of Friday morning, includes provisions for a global tax on the financial transactions that will be paid directly to the World Bank. As President Obama prepares to bypass Congress by approving a massive transfer of wealth 
from America into the globalist hands. As Lord Moncton, Alex Jones, and others have warned, the notion that the globalists would achieve nothing at Copenhagen has likely been a ruse all along. The elite looks set to ram through the lion's share of their agenda, which would include a massive global government tax at a cost of at least $3,000 a year for American families already laboring under a devastating recession, double-digit unemployment, and reduction in living standards. Mechanisms for world regulation have been laid down. Now, can you imagine if this were to happen, these global taxes, and then all of a sudden the, the, uh, this regulated uh, national health care that they're going to ram down our throats? And, you know, how much many more thousand that's going to cost per year? I mean, it's going to be where all you're going to be doing is being purely taxed, and there's going to be literally no money for you to live on. And the money's not going to be worth anything anyway because the dollar's being devalued. They, all of this, understand, is by design. So that's why it's important you do whatever you can to prepare now because it's coming. It's just a matter of time. It cannot go on like this forever. The bubble has to burst at some point. And when it, and when it does, it's going to probably make the Great Depression pale in comparison, most likely. So, you know, these are things that, that we've been warning about for years, literally years, regarding this. Things seem to be coming to a head. So, the mechanisms for world regulation have been laid down. Political damage from revealing the emails which showed scientists manipulating science numbers was so great that it is possible that the global elite could not achieve their full goals here. Although the Illuminati has always shown great arrogance in totally ignoring public sentiment, as they ram their planes down our collective throats. The, the featured news story above does contain one interesting tidbit of information. Do you remember the $100 billion of aid which Secretary of State uh, Hillary Clinton announced last week? As it turns out, that aid is only a loan to poor countries to be paid back with interest. In other words, this aid will simply be a loan trap designed to capture the poor countries as they then struggle to meet their minimum monthly payments much as millions of Westerners are caught by minimum monthly payments of credit card debt. Now, this is something that they routinely do and have done and are doing and will keep doing. There was a whole book written about this, that Confessions of an Economic Hitman by that John Perkins. Now, he's into some real weird beliefs as far as his belief system, and I don't obviously agree with that, but he used to go to these countries and entrap these countries into um, getting into absolute total debt and when they couldn't pay on the on the note then what they would do is literally go in there and start taking over the infrastructure uh, the land the government and these types of things because you know they were the debtor at that point and that's what they try to do to these third world countries they go in there and try to get them in all these I mean they're desperate anyway a lot of these countries so they go in there, and this is the way that they're, they're uh, taking control of the whole world. And so it's, when I read that, I thought, well, man, they've been doing that you know, for decades, literally. And that's one of the ways that world government operates. Or the, the, what they're trying to do is get to a literal world government where we're all on the same page. The next article summarizes how the Illuminati has been moving the world into a global government all during 2009. Um... This is from the Telegraph, 
in the UK. It says there'll be nowhere to run from the New World Order government. 2009 was the year in which global, global government swept the rest of the political lexicon into obscurity. There were global crises, the global challenges, the only possible resolution to which lay a global solution necessitating global agreements. Gordon ba Brown actually suggests something called a global alliance in response to climate change. Several years ago, Cutting Edge posted an article in which we identified five deliberately created crises by which the Illuminati plans to usher in their coveted kingdom of the Antichrist, a.k.a. the New World Order. In this article, global warming was one of the five crises. We encourage you to read the archive news article. Now, I give all the links. I'll have this PDF up on the um, connected with this teaching up on Sermon Audio um, at the same time the, it's posted, and you'll be able to go through it. It's a pretty big document, but you can. Go, and I'm also going to email this out to my email list, so you can. All the links are there. You can click on. So this is an quote open secret of the Illuminati plan for world government. No citizen anywhere on Earth will have any say any longer as how they are governed. In fact, the scenario calls for people to be so terrified by numerous global disasters that they will demand global governance and will close their eyes to the fact that they are no longer free to act and to live as they want. The same satanic forces which propelled Adolf Hitler's legions across Europe are behind the current drive to world governance, but this time there will be no Switzerland to which dissidents can flee. In fact, there will be no country large or small which dissidents can go to remain free. The very type of severe global dictatorship foretold in Daniel and Revelation is coming upon us at full force. And again, but just remember, the Lord Jesus Christ is in control here. I don't want to just come here and give 100% doom and gloom. Uh, we need to always remember that, you know, like Psalm 91, these types of prayers are something that we actually want to pray. Psalm 64, which is uh, in Psalm 91, imprecatory prayers, which actually are you're asking for the Lord to protect you. You know, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my God, my fortress, my refuge, in Him shall I trust. You know, a thousand shall fall at thy side and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. These are, these are the things we want to be focusing on when we read stuff like this. Because you can get totally overwhelmed reading this and doom and gloom, and then what is that? Then, there, then it starts eating away at your faith. You've got to always keep your faith on the Lord Jesus Christ, on His Word. Okay? Um, and no matter what you face, the Lord's perfectly capable of getting you through whatever you're going to go through. If you're a born-again Christian, the Holy Spirit lives inside you. And he can get you through anything. The Bible says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthened me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So, I think it's very important. We always come back to these Bible verses, and it's very important in the, in the day and times ahead, you know, to memorize Scripture, have it committed, because there's going to come a day and time where, um, you know, you may get your Bible taken away. That's why it's good to have some hidden, too. <laughs> so, in case that were to happen... With the hate crimes legislation that we'll be talking about here soon, um, you know, I, literally what I can see no other thing to do than other than that it would have to ban the King James Bible. Now there's other versions out there, these tainted leaven versions, where they've removed all references to homosexuals. Uh, that's all been done away with. Now those will be okay, the politically correct Bibles, but... 
Um, King James Bible won't be. No way. That will have to be the first Bible they go after. You don't see any other recourse. Okay, so that's coming. Okay, so the next article is entitled, President Obama showed the American people exactly what his core values are with the way in which he decorated the White House uh, Xmas tree. News brief. And if any of you need to know about Xmas, just key in Christmas or Xmas in the search box on the homepage. And um, we've done a whole teaching on that. This is entitled, this is from Big Government. It's the publication. And it's entitled Transvestites, Mao Zedong, Obama Ornaments Decorate the White House Christmas Tree. Why let a holiday season come between White House and making some political statements? The White House pegged controversial designer Simon Dunan to oversee the Christmas decorations in for the White House. Mr. Dunan, who is a creative director of Barney's New York, has often caused a stir with his design choices, like his naughty Yuletide window display of Margaret Thatcher as a dowdy dominatrix and Dan Quayle as a ventriloquist dummy. For this year, the White House didn't disappoint. These photos of ornaments of the White House Xmas tree in the Blue Room were taken just days ago. Obviously, you can't see any, and I don't have it actually on the thing. I think you can, uh, if you click on the link, you can probably see them. But there's no reason to even look at them, but they're there. Of course, um, Mao Zedong has his place in the White House. And, of course, it wouldn't be Christmas without an ornament of the legendary transvestite head of lettuce. Head of lettuce. Nice name. you got to love that. Um, he or she even signed it. Get it? Head of lettuce? Like a head of lettuce? Evidently, that's his, her name. Uh, anyway, that was actually autographed, that ornament. And so soon after collecting the Nobel Peace Prize, why wouldn't the White House have an ornament superimposing President Obama onto Mount Rushmore? Like they've got the presidents around and they got Obama up there. Um, now we know that President Obama holds at least three things near and dear to his heart. Number one, Marxist-Leninist communistic doctrine, and, you know, of the uh, Mao Zedong, and then homosexuality, and his own personal pride. So, I just thought I'd add that in, because, I, you know, he's just beyond out of control. This next article is uh, regarding the 2010 coming food crisis. Now, this is something, you know, I haven't seen a lot of, but I've been getting more and more reports of this. And obviously this isn't, this isn't on any kind of mainstream media outlet. This is um, written by a guy named Eric DiCarbonell. And it says, if you read any economic, financial, or political analysis for 2010 that doesn't mention the food shortage, for shortage looming next year, throw it in the trash as it is worthless. There is an overwhelming, undeniable evidence that the world will run out of food next year. When this happens, the resulting triple-digit food inflation will cause panicking, will lead panicking central banks around the world to dump their foreign reserves to appreciate their currencies and lower the cost of food imports, causing the collapse of the dollar, the treasury market, derivative markets, and global financial system. The U.S. will experience economic disintegration. Now, granted, I'm not endorsing every single thing that's being said here, but I feel like I need to warn you because I've seen several of these reports, and this is probably would be one of the easiest ways for them 
to control us and to create a lot of desperation, take away the food. You know, I mean, this that in and of itself could be used as an unbelievable leveraging tool to get people, you know, to uh, to do their bidding. Over the last two years, the world has faced a series of unprecedented financial crises. The collapse of the housing market, the freezing of the credit markets, the failure of the Wall Street brokerage firms, Bear Stearns, Lehman Brothers, the failure of Freddie Mac and Fannie, Mac, Fannie Mae, the failure of AIG, Iceland's economic collapse, the bankruptcy of the major auto manufacturers, General Motors, Ford and Chrysler, etc. In the face of all these challenges, the demise of the dollar, derivatives markets, and the modern international system of credit has been repeatedly forecasted and feared. However, all these doomsday scenarios have so far been proven false, that despite the tremendous chaos and losses the global financial system has held together. He's saying the 2010 coming food crisis is different. The one that makes it the doomsday, the one that makes it all doomsday scenarios come true, government bailouts and central bank interventions, which have held the financial world together in the last two years, will be powerless to prevent this coming 2010 food crisis from bringing the global financial system to its knees. Now, I'm not going to go any further than that. He's got all these charts and all the stuff that supposedly prove this. You can click on the link and explore it for yourself. Bottom line is, uh, this will be part of the coming crisis. Has to be. Okay. There's no way that that that's not going to be um, one of the things, one of the cards that the Illuminati plays. And it would behoove you to make, you know, have provisions, to have food provisions, ways to purify water, things of this nature, getting your money out of, uh, out of the dollar or out of anything that's electronic and getting it into things like gold or silver. Uh, a lot of different things we've covered these in previous weeks that you can do. Okay, uh, it's just preparing for the evil that is on the horizon. The prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and punish. And it, uh, particularly for man, a man is is um, you know the Bible says if a man provideth not for his own house, he is worse than an infidel and has denied the faith. Well, I believe that this is part of that. I mean, if you're a man and you see this cyclone coming and you do nothing to prepare and it destroys your family you're going to be held accountable to that for God from God I mean I understand a lot of people aren't aware of this let's say there's a lot of pseudo Christians or, or let's say they're true Christians but they're asleep they're asleep at the switch they bought into whatever rhetoric they've been told well that's why the Bible says in Hosea 4 6 that my children are destroyed for lack of knowledge they're my people and this is something that can happen. The Bible says regarding the end times in Matthew 24 that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. What you have to ask yourself the question is, is am I above being deceived? Am I so good and so smart and so quick-witted that I couldn't be deceived? Well, if you think that, then I can tell you this right now. Pride has already overcome you. And you're unteachable. And possibly your conscience has been seared with a hot iron. Why? Because as according to 1 Timothy 4.1, that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, and having their conscience seared with a hot iron. 
I believe there comes a time you reject enough truth, your conscience will become seared with a hot iron, and when that happens, you can't really tell them anything. They've been taken over by seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. But the, but the root cause of all that, many, many times, was pride. And apathy, too. Just don't ever think you got it all figured out. Uh, now, I believe that probably the best place on the internet right now to buy food is, uh, I believe it's Internet Grocer. I'm going to check that. Okay, so, oh, another thing, too. I've noticed with Benjamin Krem lately, the mouthpiece for Double Betraya, Betraya guy, I've noticed that, um, oh, just so you all know, they did take credit for that thing in Norway, that spiral light thing. Uh, I know that there's, they, they say, they came out with a cover story saying that it was a, a rocket, Russian rocket that misfired or something. But they've come out and said that um, that was one of the star signs. So they've got it up on their website and these types of things. So I don't really want to go too down that, far down that rabbit trail. But Benjamin Krem has heavily emphasized that, as he puts it, food. He calls it food. But food is going to be a very big topic regarding really most likely the, the arrival of Maitreya. Because if they can create a global food crisis shortage, then uh, that's going to become the priority for a lot of people. And they're going to do whatever they have to do in order to get it. And if Maitreya can come and solve that problem, as well as most likely World War III, and most likely the, uh, you know, the whole... Uh, crisis in the Middle East, Judaism versus Islam, this type of thing. If he can come on the scene and have all of the answers, including food and water, that's just going to make him that much more appealing to the masses. This It's internet-grocer, G-R-O-C-E-R dot net. Internet dash, like the little dash symbol, grocer. All you have to do, I just keyed in internet grocer in the keyword search box, and it was the first thing that came up. Anyway, I've done a lot of pricing, and I believe they've got the best prices. And I think that um, they've got some products up here, too, that not a lot of people have. They've got this Red Feather Creamery canned butter. They've actually got real butter in cans that acts as a really long shelf life. And um, you have to. one of the things you have to think about is you want to make sure that whatever you do regarding the coming food shortages, that you have carbs, fat, and protein. You just don't want to have, like, all rice, just pure carbs. Because your body needs protein, and it also needs fats in order to run. Butter would be a great source of a really good fat. Of course, I know it's been demonized uh, over the years, as though margarine, margarine, which is literally one molecule away from being a hard plastic, because it's hydrogenated, um, that don't ever eat margarine. Let me tell you, or anything that has trans fats or hydrogenated fats, unless you want to plaque up your arteries real good and gum up your liver and put yourself at massive risk for cancer, don't eat things like margarine or anything with hydrogenated. And you're going to have to read labels to understand that. But they've got real uh, canned in butter in actual cans that has like shelf life. You don't have to keep it refrigerated. They've got stuff like that. They've got some things up here that I haven't really seen anybody have. They've got, from what I can understand, 
they've got dry foods and they've got freeze-dried or they've got dehydrated and they've got freeze-dried if you read the site okay the site in and of itself is not that user-friendly I'm kinda of warning you it's the one drawback uh, I don't really like the way the sites laid out but the fact is is that I believe they're the best prices I've been able to isolate and they've got a really good selection of some products that I haven't seen anywhere and they're telling you that the dehydrated if you can do the dehydrated are the best way to go uh, if you had to go let's say things go things go down and you had a place that let's say the Lord opened the door at the last minute for you to leave if you've got all of your food in a canned type of situation you're transporting not only the can but the water in the can and when you do that you're dealing with a lot of not only weight but space that it takes up dehydrated foods have had all the water removed or freeze-dried therefore they're much lighter and they're much more concentrated and condensed and they have a very very long shelf life for the most part so those are things you want to think about if you had to go on a moment's notice I mean you could transport a lot of food and it wouldn't be near as heavy if you tried to do that if let's say everything was in a can with water in it okay so the dehydrated are actually a better price a much better price than the freeze-dried so things you want to think about they've got a whole section on here that you might want to read he's even got Bible verses up here um, and he's got I think some at some place here he's got a uh, Q&A section you really want to read that Q&A section if you can because um, or frequently asked questions at the very top of the site you want to read that because it's going to answer a lot of your questions because that there's a lot of things they leave out when you're looking at the product descriptions and things like that you want to try to get things I would say if you can get things without MSG uh, things that uh, don't have a lot of chemicals I'm just talking about from a health standpoint. But as far as prices go, this is about the best one I've seen on the internet. Okay? And he's been doing it a long time as well. So anyway, I just wanted to mention that. That's something that, that you know could literally save your life and the lives of your family. Now, related to that subject, the next article well, I'm just going to briefly touch on was entitled The Arrow long-haul truck drivers wake to a nightmare before Christmas and this is relating to the story this is from December 22nd on Tuesday as many as 1400 truck drivers for the Aero trucking company based out of Tulsa Oklahoma have been frantically trying to figure out their next moves as the company unexpectedly announced it was suspending all operations that day truckers started calling in the op owner operator independent drivers association and landline after they were awakened with phone calls from their dispatchers alerting them to the grim news that the company was shutting its doors and their instructions were to turn in their trucks to the nearest Freightliner dealership. However, no instructions were given for drivers of international trucks. Drivers have been instructed to drop their vehicles off at the nearest Freightliner dealership and to leave their keys with an attendant there or at a truck stop if they're out of fuel. Now, there's a lot more to it, but to suffice it to say, there's a whole trucking company that just went under and it was one day and nobody had any notice now trucking is the way that goods for the most part are transported at, in the United States and a lot of other places so if you see that go down 
you're not going to be able to get distribution of goods. Now, I also saw another video, and I haven't really been able to confirm it, but it was of, of a doctor in, uh, like, Washington, and he went and he was filming these freight trains that were being loaded with grain. And he said that all of our grain reserves right now are being shipped out of America. And he showed these grain, these cars, and I, again, I can't verify they're all loaded with grain. This is what he was saying. We're, we're talking if this man was trustworthy. And they were literally like miles of grain cars. And it showed them going to this docking station somewhere in, I believe, Washington, where they were being loaded onto ships that were going to China. And he's saying this is all part of what they're going to do next year, is when, they, when this food crisis comes, they're going to say, all our grain reserves are gone. We don't have any food. You guys are just going to have to starve or do what we say. So could you imagine if they were really doing that? He's got a couple videos up there. You can just do um, a search up on YouTube. Okay, so I want to go ahead and just get into this briefly because it pertains to the subject and I think it would bolster what we're talking about here today to understand the potential coming severity. I went up on YouTube and I just keyed in U.S. grain reserves. Okay, and I found the videos I was telling you. And there's a video up there called How to Survive 2009. Now, he, he's got all of this verbiage here in the description regarding this thing about the wheat. Uh, I'm just going to read this and I'm going to play part of the video that I talked about. Uh, this is from, let's see here. U.S. government out of wheat, completely government holdings of wheat are at zero. It's by Benjamin Gizen. Uh, quietly, the last of the U.S. government's wheat reserves held in the Bill Emerson Humanitarian Trust were sold in late May onto the domestic market for cash. The cash was put in a trust for food aid. With no other government wheat holdings, U.S. government wheat stocks are now totally exhausted. Now, with a dollar tanking like it is, it really wouldn't, it really wouldn't be a surprise then that if your currency is starting to tank, then what do you turn to? Well, you turn to your national resources in order to prop everything up and try to maintain the status quo. So this would kind of make sense that this could be happening. The following recent statements by Rebecca Bradder, Director of Policy for U.S. Wheat Associates, provides insights. Quote, while U.S. and wheat industry strongly supports the administration's goal of maintaining current food aid, programs to prevent rampant hunger worldwide, there is a concern regarding the impact of selling wheat reserves onto the domestic market and over the lack of commitment from the administration to replenish the Bill Emerson Humanitarian Trust. U.S. Wheat Associates has shared these concerns with high officials at the USDA and on the President's staff, has asked about the administration's intent regarding the replenishment of this trust. Now, it's saying here then, Staff from the Office of the President's Special Agricultural Assistant noted that while there is no commitment at this time, the administration intends to replenish the trust once the supply and price scenario stabilizes. So they're basically saying that it's totally been depleted, the wheat reserves. And this was back in July, I believe, is when this article came out. They're basically saying that, and they say, well, we intend to replenish it, but... Um, I don't see them making any effort. I don't see this on the news in any way, shape, or form. The Bill Emerson Humanitarian Trust was established in 1980 by an act of Congress and is authorized to hold up to 4 million metric tons of wheat, corn, 
sorghum, and rice as a reserve for global food crises. The wheat is purchased and managed by the Commodity Credit Corporation, included in the total amount of wheat owned and held by the U.S. government. So, this is, um, this is not something we're making up here. This is real stuff. For decades of the 1980s, government wheat holdings averaged 858 million bushels. For the decades of the 90s, government wheat holdings averaged 133 million bushels. Since 2000, government wheat holdings dropped steadily until recently when the last government-owned wheat was sold. <laughs> to me, that sounds like we're totally bone dry regarding the subject. Now, let's, let's get a little more confirmation of this. And these are the, these are, there's a couple different little videos here that are up. Um, and uh, let's see here. This is, a, this is the one I was telling you about that I had seen. And I grant, I haven't been able to get confirmation of this, but it sure seems as though this would be a plausible scenario, particularly regarding um, what, we're, what we're talking about with the coming food shortages. Folks, here it is again, 1234. Okay, now, this is a guy, he's this doctor, he's driving down this road, I believe it's in Washington, to these docks. And this is the shortened version. It's called MT Grain Drive. But I found it by doing the keyword search that I just mentioned. U.S. Grain Reserves. And uh, it was like the first thing that showed up. It's from Dr. William Mount. And this is him talking. 4th, 3 November. Actually, it's 4 November. In 10 years, I've never seen the grain elevator operating. What you're looking at is trains loaded with grain and a ship at the grain elevator. For almost two weeks now, these rail cars have been unloading grain and loading them up onto ships. And I don't know where they're taking them, but in a decade I've never seen so many rail cars. This place has been abandoned. Absolutely abandoned. Look at the number of rail cars. Thousands upon thousands. They go back five miles, it seems. Now, he's actually driving down the road, and granted, it's at night, so you can't see real great, but... He's got two versions of this, and one of a longer one. And you can see these rail cars. Um, so, Well, probably four miles. They're loading it up onto grain ships. I've never seen that. These, this is incredible. Hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of grain cars. I've never seen this in Tacoma. Much of this that they're conducting, much of this that they're doing, is at night, primarily... Which would make sense as to not draw attention. Actually, it's Tacoma, Washington, where he's in reference to. After 10 o'clock, so at midnight, which is now it's 12.35 p.m., look at the number of grain cars. Never in 10 years have I seen a grain car used at the grain elevators. It's absolutely incredible. Look at the number of grain cars. Folks, something is going on. I'm not saying there is a conspiracy. There's nothing being said about anything else going on. But when you see a rail car of grain that is four or five hundred cars long and you've never seen the grain operator use, elevator use, that's incredible. Now off to the right are two ships which contain battalions. There are no men, just equipment. These have been here for a long time. They're lit up at night though. Unusual. Folks, I want you to get a handle on what's going on. Never in 10 years have I ever seen that. In fact, I've been in this area, oh, probably since 1989. 
Never seen that grain elevator used. Never. Something is going on strategically. Look at how long this train is. Incredible. Three or four hundred cars long. Absolutely incredible. Never have, has anybody ever seen this in Tacoma. Folks, something is going on. This is Schuster Park Parkway in Tacoma, Washington. We're going to go down the rail a little bit more, see if we can't find any rail cars for hauling human beings. Something is happening, but we're not sure what. Coming to you live on the, actually the 4th of November, 2009 at 12.37 p.m. Thank you very much for watching, and have a good night. Okay, so, I mean, this pretty much confirms the last things we've been talking about here. From his description of this video, uh, <clears throat> he believes our grain has been purposely offloaded to trigger a massive food shortage, shortage in the near future. FYI, the U.S. has no strategic grain reserves. Now, we just confirmed that from the last article that we just read that was from the government. So, uh, if you're going to get your food, you need to get it now. Okay, regarding what I just talked about. I think that's something that you would want to prioritize. Uh, and again, pray about it, fast about it if you have to, but this is coming, it's a matter of time before they play the hunger card. And um, that's something that we want to think about. I'm going to go ahead and end part one here, we'll go to part two next.